<laughs> oh, hey, Todd. <laughs> Dr. Wignall, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I, I am too. Why are we laughing so much? <laughs> I just kind of handed you the ball right before we went on live. Yeah, we just and, spent the last uh, five minutes basically t- saying, what the hell are we going to talk about? Yeah. <laughs> we we were I, we were playing Idea Hot Potato, and I didn't was not the one holding it when the show started. <laughs> okay. Go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. For today's topic, my um, I had a client who um, is, is obsessed with achieving his Peloton badges. I think oh, this is like how this works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So evidently, by doing certain workouts, I think, or certain, you know, I, I worked out every day for a week or whatever, you get a badge. Mm-hmm. And, and um it became apparent that there was some kind of um, emotional regulation going on through the achievement of these badges as for what the client felt. He, he felt very anxious about achieving them. He thought about them, worried about them. Um, and, and it just became apparent. It was, it was uh, an obsession of sorts or, mm. or at least a, um, he felt he felt very strongly that he must do this yeah. in order to feel okay about himself. So what's it's, the, it's kind of the people that have to get their ten thousand steps a day on their um, Fitbit or whatever. I was it is. just thinking about that. I had a client a few years ago, back when Fitbits were <laughs> popular, who um, who I remember you came in because he he said, you know, my my wife's just been really on my case that I a lot of times I'll get home from work and I've only got like two thousand steps. So I'll just like leave for an hour in the evening to go get my extra 8,000 steps. And like, she's mad that I'm not spending family time because <laughs> I got to get my Because I have to get my yeah. steps. Okay. But, th- so, but this is interesting, right? Because in some ways, that's the whole point of little like systems or games like this is they, they incentivize you to do the thing you want to do in part through like punishment. Like you're going to feel bad if you don't get the, if you don't check the little box, right. Mm. Or if you, Mm -hmm. you look Mm -hmm. down at your Mm -hmm. Fitbit and it's only got, it only says 2000, that aversive feeling is going to motivate you to get your steps in to, to hit the Peloton again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I guess to, to make this make sense, um, you know, if you've, if you could stop at 9,999 steps, Mm and go to bed and feel just fine, then you don't have to worry about this conversation. Ah. But if you know what that feeling is, where it's like, there is no way I could get into bed if I had 9,999 kind of steps, I'd want the 10,000. So it's not like a, um, um, yeah, that's the feeling. So I would describe that, tell me what you think of this, I would describe that feeling as compulsiveness, like a compulsion, I have this compulsion, I know intellectually 9,999 steps is just every bit as good as 10,000. In fact, my Fitbit probably miscounted it. I'm probably at 10,049. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I just have to get that last one in. So I'm yeah. going to get out of bed, take a step, and then get back in bed. Yeah, it's a compulsion. It's a, so, I just have to. Yeah. So Yeah, so technically speaking, what is a compulsion from like a psychological point of view? Well, it's a, a behavior. You're... Um, 
you feel emotionally compelled to do in order to feel better. Yes, like a behavior whose sole function is to alleviate a aversive feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Usually anxiety, right? Usually. So I, I just feel like, oh, I just, I can't stop thinking about that last step. Um, I just, I feel kind of restless or on edge or kind of like, I just got to do it. I just got to get out of bed and take that one step and then get back in bed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, it, it's like a behavior you do. Or, to, or I cannot um, feel at peace in my head mm. without that dial hitting 10,000. Yes. I can't just lie here. I can't accept that. The idea that that thing's not at 10,000 mm -hmm. is driving me insane. It's yeah. the idea of it almost. Does this have to do with perfectionism? Perfectionism? I don't know. That's like one of the things that just like pops into mind. Yeah. Like, I think perfectionism can be, be a compulsion. It yeah. can be kind of compulsive. Yeah. Right. And part of the thing here is that it's, it's irrational, right? Mm -hmm. On like an objective level. Mo you know, if you lined up a hundred people and said like, should this person like get out of bed to take that extra step or is 9,999 just good enough? Mm. 99 of a hundred people would say like, no, that's fine. What's the big deal? Right. So, you know, in your head, I don't actually need to do this, right? But I just feel like I really, I just ha I can't be at peace unless I check this box off. Well, there, there it is, right? It's the decision that you can't be at peace unless this external thing is done. Mm, yeah. Know? Okay. Yeah. So let's, I want to get into the mechanism of that. But first of all, like how else does this show up? So like when you're thinking about this topic, like what are some other, just to kind of illustrate this phenomenon, where else does this show up for you? Well, well I think you got a, a good one, which is perfectionism, right? I, the, the idea that this won't be um, ideal is is just not acceptable. Mm -hmm. And so the behavior continues, whatever that is. Um, so I, I've, I know I've studied well enough to get an A, but like I, I have to get an A plus in, this is biology, it's my major class, so I'm going to spend an extra 10 hours studying, not sleeping at all in order to get that. The yeah. The, the, you know, thinking about, you know, the possibility that I haven't done everything I possibly mm -hmm. can, um, is just going to make, drive me insane. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, o o OCD, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. You see this, um, yeah. So that would be like kind of behavior, a pretty, um, extreme mm -hmm. example of this, but it sounds like what you're talking about is that there's a, there's a version of this that is, it's not full blown OCD. Like it's not majorly impacting your life. Oh yeah. I, I think you can be compulsive in some degree without having a disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which basically is the, the line there is basically, is this like ruining your life in some extreme way? Like, are you not going to work anymore because you, you know, you have to wash your hands 25 times before you open each door and that's just not feasible at, at, at yeah. your office. Yeah. But, but if you're, if you're subject to behavioral principles of reinforcement, then, then you probably had this experience where it just feels good to get a reward and, and pretty soon you're feeling like, man, I want that reward all the time. Yeah, so I had a client one time who talked about this, what he described himself as a Twitter completionist, which means, so when you fire up Twitter, mm. you there's a timeline, right? And so uh -huh. you follow all these people, right? And you see all their tweets. And he he felt like he had he couldn't get behind on what the people he followed were saying. Yeah. So he if he went on vacation where he didn't have cell reception and he came back, he had to spend hours mm -hmm. going through his entire timeline. Mm -hmm. And he didn't even care. He wasn't reading anything. He just felt like he had to get through. It was like his rule, right? That he ha always yeah. had to get through. Yeah. Um, 
or or another I, another person who was this way about email like they had to have their email always had to be at zero at the end of the day Ooh. so they would often spend like an hour two hours extra at work because they had to get through like even just like backlogs of probably unimportant wow. email yeah um, they couldn't just go home and like and again it wasn't because these were like super vital emails where some big project wouldn't happen because of them. It was just like, I, I just can't, I can't have 15 outstanding emails mm. in my, in my, before I go home. I just mm-hmm. have to. It's a know. rule I made. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, one of the, uh, social media platforms, um, basically kind of keeps a running tally of how many days in a row you've messaged someone. I think it's called a streak. Oh, Snapchat. Um, is that what it is? I think so. And, Snapchat has that. And, 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 and you know, people will just keep these things going just so that they can maintain the streak. It has no other functional purpose almost, but um, I recently was talking to someone who did this and I said, how much money could I pay you to delete a streak or to stop a streak, you know? And the anxiety that that question even posed was even interesting to to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's, what's the deal with this, right? Like we, we all, again, assuming we're not in like clinical levels of OCD, um, if you find yourself in this middle ground where it's like, I keep, I feel like I have to do something. I know this is irrational. It, it's causing, you know, some minor problems in my life. Maybe people are annoyed that I, I take forever to get home because I've, you know, wh- I, what, why am I doing this? Like, why do I feel so strongly that I have to get that Peloton badge? That I can't just take a day off and miss a badge. Like what's going on there? Because at night when you don't have the badge, you're in your head convincing yourself that you're not going to be okay unless you do. Mm. You spend way more time convincing yourself that things uh, can't be okay internally if that external box is not checked. But I feel anxious. So how can I be okay if I feel anxious? There's the question. (laughs) Right? How can you learn to be okay? Even though you're anxious. Well, isn't by definition feeling anxious, feeling sad, feeling angry, isn't that not okay? Aren't those negative emotions? Wow. There's an education to be had there. <laughs> well, educate me. <laughs> <laughs> it is very okay that you feel that way. Mm. In fact, that signal is probably really useful information for you to pay attention to. Um, and... I'd recommend really thinking about your behavioral options at that point and, and how to go about that. Because if you choose to get out of bed and get on that bike, you will have again reinforced this idea that you must have that box checked or things will not be okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's the thing about these rules, right? That's, that feel so irrationally strong yeah. is because yeah. they don't operate according to like your reason and you saying like, well, this is kind of irrational <laughs> and then they all just go away. Yeah. No, it's your behavior uh, that contributes to how strong they are. So if every time you feel bad and you do something to feel less bad, you're making that belief stronger, which means it's going to be, you're going to feel even more pressured to do the thing next time. Yeah. As you're climbing off that Peloton, you're all of a sudden you've decided it's okay to feel good, you know, and now I can, now that relief comes and you're, you've got the box checked and, and you hit, take a big sigh. And, and what you've really just kind of learned is like, oof, relief comes from, Getting the box checked, yeah. yeah. But it's not the the core kind of mistake here. I think is a a theory of emotion mistake, which is the like I think in my my one commandment in all of mental health is <laughs> just because it feels bad doesn't mean it is bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now this is this is tricky because in a, a lot of times in life, pain is a signal that something is wrong, right? Like if if your leg hurts, you look down and your bone is sticking out of your leg, like. 
that's the pain is saying like, hey, something's wrong, fix this, right? Yeah. But just because it sometimes signals that something's wrong doesn't mean it always signals it, right? Like if you do an especially hard workout at the gym and you're feeling sore on the way out, not only is that not a bad sign, it can even be a good sign, yeah. right? Yeah. And in fact, any form of growth involves pain or discomfort. You're trying to learn how to play the piano and like it feels weird to like try and move your fingers in this strange way. That's a kind of pain, right? It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But you know it's not a bad sign. It's just your fingers aren't used to that and they will feel better eventually as you get more used to it. So I think it's it's super key to understand that emotional pain is the same is the same thing, right? Emotional pain itself is never a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a sign that something bad is happening. Your anxiety goes off in your dark alley walking back to your car or something. But often, right, the, the, your, A, it's not always correct. It gets confused whether something is dangerous or not. If you don't get your last, you know, if you're on 999 or 9,999, there's no danger involved there, even though you feel anxious, right? Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the, the emotion is just a signal. It's just information. It happens to feel bad, but the emotion itself is not dangerous. Right. No amount of anxiety can, can hurt you as bad as it feels. Yeah. Yeah, um, to learn uh, that, yeah, anxiety doesn't always mean that something's wrong. It doesn't always mean that something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. Enjoy the anxiety? Yeah. You know, I mean, think about all the times you're, you'll feel anxiety when you approach doing something new. But that's kind of fun too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a horrible thing. And to, to realize that some of the things I'm worried about are, are things attached to things I care about. And there's an opportunity there to really connect to what I care about, hmm. you know, in, in these moments of anxiety, you know, when, um, uh, geez, I'm trying to think of, uh, when, uh, you're a parent and your kid's graduating from high school, that's an anxious moment, hmm. you know, and man, what an parent awesome probably wouldn't want to go back and change something about like, man, I got really nervous then and made this about me cause I was scared, right. you know, and right. Yeah, but but to realize that, man, some of those moments you would love to relive over and over again, mm-hmm. you know, new first experiences or whatever um, uh, value attached experiences going on, there's an opportunity to connect to some really cool stuff in there sometimes. Yeah, and that's a great, I think that's a great way to wrap this up is that ultimately it's about, are you going to choose how you want to feel or are you going to choose your value, like what you think is right for you? Yeah, and, and yeah, and what uh, direction will your behavior be geared? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.